Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Hey guys, and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm glad that you're here. We're continuing our series on motherhood. And today, I'm going to be sharing with you my motherhood journey. Yep, it's just you and me talking about being moms, <laughs> whether you're a mom or not. Um, I hope that this is encouraging to you because on this podcast, no matter what we're talking about, we always talk about Jesus. We talk about Jesus as the healer. We talk about hope in the midst of disappointment. And you know what? In the last four months, I have had disappointment in my motherhood journey. Um, and I want to talk about that. There's been disappointment in the midst of you know, this, this whole process of stepping into motherhood. I had my daughter four months ago and, um, the delivery itself was disappointing. And then the postpartum journey, um, has been disappointing at times. So actually, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast series for a little bit, um, you've been probably hearing bits and pieces of my motherhood journey of, um, postpartum, of breastfeeding, of, of, um, labor and delivery, and today, I actually want to talk about all of it. I want to just kind of lay it all out and um, and just explain to you kind of what's been going on. <laughs> um, also to document it for myself, but in the hopes that you find encouragement in this because we all go through stuff, right? We all go through things. And even as I've, you know, I, I walked through a divorce f- over five years ago and that process was really, really hard, super, super painful. And in that, you know, I've, I, I came out with so much resilience and so much, and that's not to pat myself on the back. Like that's just true. When we walk through hard things, we come out on the other side, we're closer to the Lord. We, we come out with grit, right? And, um, and now I've been walking into this different season it's a very different kind of disappointment and, um, and challenge, but you know, it's been challenging nonetheless. And so I think it's so important to talk about it, to, to bring that up to the open, because when we acknowledge that there is disappointment, we are able to hold on to hope. Because when we disappoint, when we have disappointment, that means that there's hope in something. And it is so incredibly important to hold on to hope. That's what this podcast is all about. It's called Hope Reclaimed. So taking back that hope in the midst of disappointment. So that's what I want to talk about with you guys today. I want to kind of share my um, my story, my labor and delivery with um, my sweet daughter, Jonah Evangeline Collins. She is just 
unbelievably wonderful. She's four months old and um, just so freaking obsessed with her. <laughs> My husband Austin and I are doing so well. Um, it's just been such a gift to have this little person. You know, here's a little caveat though. If you're listening to this and maybe you're in um, a process of maybe you're maybe you're pregnant, maybe you're in um, a time of doing some fear clearing. Um, I'll talk about that of kind of what my process was um, when I was pregnant. Um, and kind of being being careful in what I had as an input. And so if that's you, um, you know, don't listen to this. That's totally fine. Skip this episode. You can, there's tons of other episodes um, that I have on this podcast. So if it doesn't feel like this is a good episode for you, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't have to listen. But if you're in a place where you're working to process some of your own disappointment, um, I do hope that this will be encouraging for you. Um, actually shout out to my dear friend, Brooke Peterson, her, she has an amazing, um, podcast called well women co great, um, Instagram as well. I'll link her show in, um, in the notes of this episode. Um, but she, she's a dear friend of mine and she just posted her labor and delivery story, um, about her, about her son. And, um, it actually just encouraged me to share too, because I've been wanting to do it and kind of feeling like, oh, I just want all the pieces to feel, you know, more tied up or something. Um, but you know what? We don't need to do that. <laughs> we can be all in process before we share. So that's that's what we're doing today. So I do want to talk about um, Jonah's birth story, but a little bit of background. There was a time when I wasn't sure that I wanted to be a mom, that that was something that I was called to do. I, I know that we're all called to be fruitful and multiply, as it says, um, as it says in, in Genesis, we're, we're called to make disciples and, um, and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. But I, um, I have interpreted that, that that's not, um, that doesn't always mean that we need to have physical children ourselves. Um, we're, we're called to be parents, but that can also mean spiritual parents. That can mean adoption. That can mean being a really awesome aunt or uncle <laughs> where, where you are spiritually and physically investing in the next generation to uplift them and encourage them. So for a while, I thought, that's going to be me. I'm going to be the coolest aunt in the world. Um, I love being an aunt. I think it's so fun. Um, but there was a time where I just really wasn't sure that, um, that I was going to be a parent. And when I was dating my husband, Austin, who's just amazing, um, if you've listened to the podcast for a little bit, you've heard um, our story together. We have um, a I'll, I'll link that story also in the show notes where we, we talk about our dating and then our, um, our marriage. We're both divorced and we um, have been remarried together, obviously. But when we were first dating, um, I had told him this. I, I said, you know, I actually don't know if I want to be a mom, if that's something that God is calling me to. And he turned to me and he said, okay, well, I'm going to be a dad. So, um, <laughs> and there it kind of just said, you know, well, this isn't going to go anywhere if, you know, I don't choose that that's something I also want. Um, and so as, as our relationship progressed, that was something I really had to look at. Like, is this a choice that, um, that I want to make to be a mom? And, um, and so I, I did, I said, you know, that, okay, I can do that. I can be a mom. I didn't have that deep maternal feeling of, oh, I just really want to be a mom at that time. And, and Austin and I got married and, 
you know, what's crazy is when you marry the right person, which I did the second time around, um, when I married the right person, I had those feelings. Those feelings finally came and I knew, oh my gosh, I want to be a mom, but not just a mom. I want to be a mom with you, with Austin. And, um, and so, you know, shortly after we, um, we were married, it was really only about seven months after we got married, we, we decided to try. Um, we decided to try for, for a little one and we, um, we got pregnant very fast, which, um, I know is not everyone's story. We've, we've shared stories of infertility on this podcast series. And so we were very grateful for that. But as I progressed in my pregnancy, I actually had a fairly easy pregnancy, which I'm also very grateful for. Um, but as labor and delivery was, you know, coming closer, I was realizing that I was having a lot of fear around the process of labor. Um, just feeling like I didn't want to do it. <laughs> it didn't sound that exciting and beautiful either, even. Um, and so I was just noticing that. And even um, I had a conversation with Austin and he said, you know, we, we got to be a little more prepared for this. <laughs> this is going to be a big event. Let's prepare for it. We, we took a birthing class and we really just began to educate ourselves on the process of labor and delivery. I watched a lot of YouTube videos and, and read a lot of different books and then even um, listened to tons of podcasts around um, labor and delivery. And really just began to fill my mind with positive birth stories. Um, people who were, you know, had had wonderful experiences with their birth. And those were the things that I really wanted to believe for. I wanted to believe for a really positive, beautiful birthing experience. And not only that, I was actually believing for a pain-free delivery. Um, labor, pain in labor in childbirth is actually part of the curse that um, that sin brought into the world. And we know that Jesus has actually redeemed us from the curse. And we are, when we are believers, when we, when we are redeemed by the Lord, we're also redeemed from the curse of sin. And so, um, so that being the case, we can believe for a pain-free labor and delivery. We're going to be having a podcast about that, actually, which I'm very excited about. But um, that's something that my husband and I were believing for around um, around my pregnancy and my, my delivery. So I'm just really grateful for that time of being able to identify that, man, I have some fear here. <laughs> there's some things, there's some fear, there's some fear of the unknown. And then there was even some avoidance that I was having. And then choosing to step into it and choosing to acknowledge it, but also educate myself around it was a way that I was reclaiming that experience. And I'm so grateful that I had that because I was getting closer to my due date with sweet Jonah. And um, Friday, September 17th, I began to have contractions um, late that night. I began to have contractions and um, and Saturday they were getting pretty consistent. So we, as my husband and I had taken a birthing class, we knew, all right, this is probably it. Let's, um, let's just, you know, take it easy. That day we, um, we were doing things to distract ourselves. We went on a little walk. We rested. You know, we made sure that all of our bags were packed and everything. My contractions weren't that close together. But then later that night, things were really ramping up. Um, I started getting contractions every four to 
seven minutes. And then they even got down to three and a half minutes in the middle of the night. Um, That was early on Sunday morning. So we called our midwife and we said, I think it's time. I think this is going to happen. And she she kind of was listening and she said, okay, well, are you able to talk through your contractions? And at that point, um, I was breathing through them, but they weren't that um, intense. And so with that, I she was like, you know, maybe, maybe just wait and see. Um, so I tried to go back to sleep, tried to go back to bed in the middle of the night. And, um, and they kind of tapered off a little bit. But Sunday... Um, things kind of ramped up even more. (laughs) Again, um, my contractions were going on around four to 10 minutes the whole day. So with that, um, I was really hopeful. I was really hopeful that um, things were going to intensify, that we were going to progress well. Um, I was having those contractions, again, four to 10 minutes apart, and I was beginning to have to breathe through those contractions even more, really focus on them and count and um, and really just kind of at times really eliminate what was going on around me so I could really focus on the contraction. Um, at this point, Austin was being so incredibly helpful with, um, with helping me through those contractions. Four to 10 minutes apart, and this happened um, on Monday as well. <laughs> really no progression. Monday and then on to Tuesday. Um, those days, four to 10 minutes apart. <laughs> and um, with that, um, that was happening um, in the middle of the night too, which actually meant that I was getting very little sleep, two to four hours of sleep a night. Um, I would be waking up having contractions as my body was just kind of seizing up and needing to breathe through them. Um, and then there were times where it wouldn't be as intense. And so then um, I was able to sleep a little bit more, but I was exhausted, <laughs> particularly by Tuesday. I went to the chiropractor, I went to my midwife, had an appointment, they checked me, and I was a little bit dilated, but um, not not quite enough as I was hoping to be dilated. But um, we were really hopeful. We were really hopeful that I was having all of this pre-labor, um, and it was intense. <laughs> no, you notice here that I didn't say it was painful. Um, I really wanted to have my words be positive, um, knowing, okay, these contractions are actually benefiting me and they're productive. I I would use that word if it was particularly intense. um, If the contraction was particularly intense, I would say, ooh, that one was a productive one. (laughs) Because um, if you know about the physiology of birth, um, contractions are actually the, the helpful thing of getting your baby out. You want those contractions. Your body, um, your body is working with you and working with your baby to birth <laughs> this baby. And so contractions are a good thing. Um, and so, so I would say, oh, that was really productive <laughs> because I really wanted to keep it as a positive experience that um, that this was, you know, being you know, it was, it was good. It was a good thing. And I was working with my body. So I went to the chiropractor, um, went to my midwife appointment. And I also did some spinning babies moves to try to really get, be sure that, um, baby girl was in uh, an optimal position for birth and, um, come 
Tuesday night, I was pretty discouraged. I was pretty discouraged, really just wanting this baby to, to come. And I was really, really tired. I was really trying not to do too much walking, um, doing stairs or anything like that. I really got a lot of encouragement from friends to rest as much as possible because labor is intense. <laughs> and so, especially if I hadn't been sleeping well, um, to really just be sure that my body was well rested to progress in in labor um and so that night on on tuesday night which was um tuesday september 21st um things began to intensify even more my contractions were um three and a half minutes apart and so um my husband and i made the decision to call the midwife we called my mom um who was on our birth team to come to the hospital with us and um finally <laughs> being able to have her there um, I was very excited to have my mom there in the laboring process with me. We got there early morning, Wednesday, the 22nd of September. And we got in, and it turns out that I wasn't even in active labor at the time. So I was pretty discouraged. I was really, really sad. And not only that, when we were calling to go into the hospital, they diverted us to a different hospital because that hospital was full. So there was a lot of even discouragement and um, and disappointment within that. Like, oh, man, we're, we're not even going to get this experience that we thought that we were going to have. Um, I was hoping for a um, water birth. And, um, and so we actually couldn't get that at this hospital <laughs> that I was getting diverted to. So that was unfortunate. But we got there started laboring there. Um, luckily, they, they allowed us to stay even though I wasn't in active labor. So so a lot of times if you're, you haven't progressed enough, they'll send you home and say, you know, keep progressing at home and then um, come back when it's more intense. So um, luckily, they, they allowed me to stay, particularly because I'd been in labor for a long time. I'd been having contractions for a really long time. Um, so I, I was having to do a lot of different positions um, to try to ease the intensity of these contractions. And after a while, my sweet little baby girl, her um, heart rate was dipping. So every, um, I'm, I'm not sure how, how often they were checking her heart rate and checking um, how she was doing, but her heart rate was, um, was dipping within those contractions that I was having. So she was under distress. So they were they were inviting me to um, to be in positions that would help her heart rate, and so as um, as I'm trying to labor naturally, that became extremely painful, and I'll use that word. It was extremely painful at that time. Um, I was needing to be on my back. I didn't want to be on my back. I wanted to be swaying and moving as much as possible, and I didn't, I didn't want to be hooked up to anything. Um, at that time, I was also getting sick. That was not fun at all. <laughs> I was getting sick in the process. And um, around 5 a.m., I had them um, break my water because my water hadn't broken yet with the hope that I would dilate faster, that that would help to progress things because I wasn't moving along quite as quite as quickly as they would like me to. Jonah's heart rate was dipping within those contractions, and so they began to be concerned. And there was one point in the laboring process when I was, you know, really just in the thick of it. <laughs> it was in the zone, and um, and all of a sudden, the lights came on, um, nurses came rushing into the room, and, um, and they began to... Uh, put me in positions to help her heart rate recover because it was getting dangerous. And as I was um, needing to lay on my back 
getting an IV, getting all these different things to try to help her heart rate. Um, the the pain at that point, it was pain, um, became, you know, it really began to um, get very, very intense at that point. And that was because I needed to be in these different positions for her that were really not optimal for um for, for me, <laughs> but obviously her health and well-being is priority. So at that point, I had them check me and I hadn't really progressed after breaking the water. And I, I was really, really discouraged at that point. I had gotten sick several times during the laboring process. And, and so with that, um, I was thinking about getting um, some sort of gas or um, another form of um, pain management for labor um, that wasn't an epidural. And I don't think there's anything wrong with an epidural, but that was a way that I didn't I, I, I didn't want to go that direction. I really wanted to do it naturally. And um, and I knew that with because I'd been sick, <laughs> that wasn't really going to be an option for me. So I ended up getting an epidural. And, um, and so with that, I was able to be in the different positions that the doctors and nurses wanted me to be in for Jonah's heart rate. However, as, you know, as I was there in those positions, her heart rate was not recovering. I was hoping to get some rest to sleep finally after getting that epidural. Doctor came in. I had never met this doctor before, but she came in and she said, hey, your, your daughter's heart rate is dipping quite a bit and we are advising you to get a C-section because um, she is not safe. The doctor left the room. Austin and I had a serious conversation with a lot of tears um, and, and we, we said, obviously, we need to put her safety at number one. And so I ended up getting wheeled in to get a C-section to um, have Jonah be born. So just minutes after that, um, Jonah was born. It was the most beautiful moment of my life to hear her cry for the first time, to just see her cry. She was born with her with her arms outstretched to her sides and um, just had the most beautiful little cry. And then after getting her cleaned up and, um, and, and looked at, they put her on my chest. And that was the most beautiful, profound, glorious moment of my life to just have my baby right there. Man, it's a powerful moment. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And I was so, so grateful for that. So Jonah was born at 9.55 on Wednesday, September 22nd. And I'm so incredibly grateful for her safety, for my safety. Very, very grateful for modern medicine because, man, if, you know, if I wasn't in the hospital at that point, um, things might have been very different. And um, because my body wasn't able to open up in the way that um, it's supposed to in labor, um, I may not be here as well. And so I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for, um, for those doctors and for just my birth team to keep us safe. And my word, <laughs> labor is intense, you guys. Um, labor is a, it's such a beautiful process and it's intense. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the experience. And um, yeah, I would say that a big, there's been a lot of disappointment around that. I remember being in the hospital being in the hospital and thinking, wow, my body couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I felt like I had failed in my, in my, uh, 
in my uh, desire to have a natural birth. I, I, I felt like I had failed in my desire to give birth in this way that women are, you know, designed to give birth. We know that we know that our bodies are built to birth. And, um, and so just really feeling like, man, did I fail in that? Um, it felt like that it in, in that moment in the hospital, although I was so incredibly grateful for it, it felt like a disappointment for sure. And that disappointment really did, um, increase I would say when my body began to not respond to another natural um, thing as well which is breastfeeding so um, we just shared that story of of Jonah's birth and there's been another process that's been challenging which has been around breastfeeding so we're going to talk about that a little bit so my my preparation for breastfeeding was really just we're gonna do it (laughs) there was no plan b there was no other option for me but to breastfeed and to um to make it work so the preparation that i did i listened to podcasts again around breastfeeding around really feeding on demand on um working with your baby your baby and you are working together it's a supply and demand process blah 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 and so that was my goal to keep it as as simple as um, intuitive as possible and to you know be one with um, with baby and me to uh, to feed to do skin to skin as much as possible so the first day Jonah was here um, we breastfed and that was the most beautiful experience she latched almost right away which was beautiful and amazing and um and so just just a beautiful experience to latch right away and I was really on cloud nine feeding her um she had she had dipped in weight just a little bit but that was understandable because babies do that but also um they say that after um you get a c-section um your milk is slower to come in than it is for most people so on day five that Jonah was with us, we were home, which was beautiful, and she began to feed, to um, to latch onto me every other side for a total of 10 hours straight. <laughs> she was feeding on me for 10 straight hours, just going back and forth, back and forth. And I just thought, okay, well, if my milk hasn't come in, it's certainly going to come in now because... She's just not, she hasn't stopped eating. <laughs> she hasn't stopped eating. So I was very, very hopeful that my milk was coming in at that time. Also because she had a great latch and, um, and you know, she, everything there was good. So there was a lot of hope for that. But just uh, a couple days later, went into the doctor for her one week checkup and she had lost more weight and they were a little bit concerned, which was unfortunate. We went to a lactation consultant, and um, it was determined that I was having a low milk supply for Jonah. And with that information, I was determined to fix it. For me, I'm a fixer. I'm a doer. Give me a job. I will do it. <laughs> I love to check the box and make it happen. And um, and so I was determined to do all the things to be sure that my milk was going to be enough for my sweet little girl. And um, so I did the things, but I wanted it to be very intuitive, to be very 
Jonah and me, just us working together. Um, and, um, and also using a breast pump to, um, to help that process as well. So that's what I was doing. And then a couple days after that, um, we went to a follow-up appointment with the lactation consultant and it was determined that, um, that supply was too low and, um, they really recommended that we supplement. So for me, formula was, man, not an option. And so hearing formula was painful to say the least. It was a very hard thing to, to hear because like I said, my body was meant to do this. So why couldn't my body do it? I began to be very sad, very, very, um, very depressed around that, um, and still determined to fix it and make it work. So we began to supplement for Jonah with formula. So with, uh, with this plan, with my lactation consultant, I was breastfeeding Jonah. And then immediately after that, I was pumping, but also feeding her what I had pumped the previous time. And then what was left over, what she still wanted, we were supplementing with formula. So it was a, it was a three feed type of deal. (laughs) And that took a lot of time. It took a lot of time. It took a lot of energy and um, it was a lot to juggle, but I was determined to make it work. This continued for weeks to, uh, to just continue to get her, um, my milk supply up. And uh, so I was pumping for a lot of time, <laughs> I was breastfeeding a lot, you know, finishing it up with, uh, with some formula as well. I ended up having a different appointment with a different lactation consultant just to get a different opinion if I was doing something different, um, could be doing something different, if there was um, whatever I could do. And um, had some blood work done even to try to see if I had like a thyroid issue or whatever. Um, There was nothing like that. But it was just determined. You just got, you just have a low milk supply. (laughs) You just have a low milk supply. And that was really, really hard to hear. At one point I decided that I was going to be okay to just skip a pumping session if I needed to. To to not be a slave to my pump. Um, But even with that. I was kind of a slave to my pump. (laughs) I didn't leave my house. I really stayed here. Um, I rested. I sat on my couch and I fed my baby and I pumped like a crazy person with the determination that I would do this. I wanted to feed her. I wanted to make it work. I wanted to provide what she needed because that's what moms do, right? We provide for our kids. And as I was unable to meet my goal, I began to experience some depression and, um, and a lot of sadness. Although I had and still continue to have a wonderful connection with my daughter, um, I had probably postpartum depression. I was really very depressed because I couldn't do what I had set out to do. So the baby blues are real. Um, but you know, it was, it was, deeper than that. It was a dark cloud and it was really hard. It was hard to see outside of it. It really felt like it was always going to feel like this. And although, again, I had a connection with my baby, um, the, the sadness was really real. The, the, the deep sadness was real. After a while, that was kind of coming and going. It was kind of coming in and out. Um, and a couple weeks ago in a a hard day, (laughs) I had, just 
kind of broken down and I had a conversation with my husband and I said, I want to be done pumping because it's a lot of work and it's really hard and, um, and it, I just don't, I just don't want to do it anymore because I had really felt, yeah, sure, I'm doing it for her, but I'm also mainly doing it for me probably. <laughs> mainly just, I'm doing it, why am I doing it? Um, and, and in that, Austin was so sweet, he said, well, I really love that you pump. I really love that you do this for her. And at that point, it was really encouraging because I knew that I wasn't just doing it for me and I wasn't just doing it for her, but it gave me a new enthusiasm to do it um, because I knew I'm also doing it for him. And that was a really good and bonding experience for, for us. But any, any pumping mamas understand it's a, it's a lot of work and it's, it's hard, especially if you went into it with the idea that you wanted to breastfeed. But through this whole process, through the breastfeeding journey that I've been on here, um, although there's been a lot of sadness and there's been a lot of disappointment, what the Lord has truly and deeply been teaching me in this is that God is my provider and God is Jonah's provider. As as I have desperately wanted to feed her, to to make her full out of the the God-given design of a woman's body, that hasn't been the case. That hasn't happened for me. And I've been very disappointed there. But God is my provider and God is Jonah's provider. And I know now (laughs) that one of the deep lessons that I want to instill in Jonah is that no one can meet her needs but Jesus. There will never be another person that can meet her needs but Jesus Christ. He is the provider. He is the one who sees to it. Jehovah Jireh is one of the Hebrew names for God, and it means God sees, God will see to it. God will see to it. God is the provider. He is the one who will see to our needs. And that is a deep lesson that I want to teach her, and one that, man, I have learned in this process of deeply wanting to provide for my own daughter, but also to see uh, to see God providing for me too. So so maybe that's a lesson that you need to hear today. God is the one that provides for you. So up until recently, it was my job to pump and make milk, <laughs> to, uh, to try to fix my milk supply issue. That was really my goal, to try to make that work. And now that I'm not so clearly focused on that, um, my calling has been more challenging in this season. It's been foggy. It's been unclear. Um, I haven't really known what I'm supposed to be doing here on Hope Reclaimed um, in other areas of my life. It's felt confusing. And my adjustment to motherhood has felt, okay, I, I got to care for her, but there's other things I want to do too. <laughs> there's, other, there's other things I want to go after as well. But also feeling maybe it's not time for that yet. So living out my calling right now in this season has felt confusing and it's felt frustrating at times but the lord is also showing me to rest to to step back 
and just be and be solidified and um, and clear in the resting process with him and with with my daughter with my husband so overall this time of postpartum has been challenging much more challenging than I had anticipated quite honestly and emotionally it's been loaded (laughs) with a lot of ups and downs but what's interesting is that physically I've been great. (laughs) A lot of people say that uh, after a C-section, it's a really hard recovery. I didn't have that experience. I had a great recovery physically from my C-section. This is what I have for you guys today. This is the raw processing, the um, just the realness of what this, you know, these last several months have been for me. Um, I'm really, really grateful for having the Lord in this time. He's so good. He is so faithful. And I hope that this is an encouraging episode for you, no matter where you are in, um, whether you've had kids or not. I hope that this process um, and this episode is encouraging for you, that we're all going through things. No matter what, no matter where we are, we've all gone through hard things. And it is so important to hold on to hope in the middle of hard circumstances. So whether you've had a C-section, a natural birth, whether you've struggled with postpartum depression, with, um, with, with breastfeeding issues, no matter what it is, um, I do hope that you found some encouragement here, um, in just hearing my story (laughs) again, I'm in process with it and that's okay. But one thing I wanted to do is, um, document it, um, where, you know, it doesn't have to be this beautiful story with a nice little bow on it, but, um, it's, it's being worked out right now, and that's okay. But if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy what we do here, I want to encourage you to give to this ministry, to Hope Reclaimed. I have a Patreon, and if, if you resonate with this community, with this podcast, please give financially. That would be just awesome because it actually helps it helps me do this thing. And um, and so if that's something that you want to do, head over to the Patreon. The link is in my show notes here. And if you are a woman healing from divorce or marital separation, um, you can join our free Reclaimed Community Gathering. Our next gathering is going to be on February 15th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We meet virtually, so please hop over um, and join us. You can register for that call, again, in the link in the show notes of this episode. I'm so glad that you're here. We're going to continue our series next week on motherhood. I do hope that you find encouragement and hope in the Lord in this season. Love you so much.